Welcome to 44 and More, the first episode breaking down a football game after week one of the college football season. My name is TJ O'Sullivan. I've got DJ Moore right across the table from me. DJ, big, big week for Syracuse Orange football. Absolutely. Anytime you can start the season off 1-0, you got to take that with a smile on your face. Um, granted, it was against an FCS opponent, but hey, win's a win, and it was a large one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it, it's an FCS team, and, you know, this is time for, you know, those Power 5 schools to see if they can work out some of the kinks that they weren't able to work out against opponents who may or may not have ill intentions against each other you know like in practice you're not trying to hurt your teammates so this is your first true test to really see if everything's clicking and it was clicking in a big way on Saturday not only did Syracuse come out with the win but Syracuse came out with a 65 to nothing win against the Colgate Raiders DJ just first reaction to the number on the scoreboard you know we did talk about it's an fcs team but what were what was one thing that you noticed and and took away from this game all right it was colgate we knew it was colgate coming in there was not ever really much to learn throughout this game we kind of knew that coming into the week uh, as soon as you saw that opponent on the schedule that's exactly what you're expecting the only way we could have learned something about this q's football squad is if it was either a very, very close game heading into probably the late third or early fourth quarter, uh, or if they lost. <laughs> that probably would have taught us a lot heading into this one. Um, but I believe 65 was the most points scored in the Dino Babers era, which is really, really fun to see. Uh, and they got the shutout on the other end. So pretty much as good as you could have hoped for on either end of the ball, but it, it was it was a blowout. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an absolute blowout. The really, the only things that we have to say here are praise for Syracuse. You know, it's it's just taking mostly care mostly praise. Mostly praise, but it's it's just taking care of business against a team that you should beat and you go out there and you win in such a fashion that it makes you feel real good heading into week 2 against another opponent uh that you should beat. So, let's take a look at some of the numbers. Let's start with the offense because that's really all that there was in this game was Syracuse offense. Garrett Schrader, his final stat line, he threw for 257 yards. He went 18 for 24 attempts. He had four touchdowns and he did have that one pick. So what are you, what, what's your reaction on Schrader's performance? Again, for the most part, outside of the one pick, that was kind of ugly. Um, as good as you could have hoped for, right? Uh, it grades out really, really well coming out of this game. Uh, one big takeaway that I, I heard through a couple different media people were talking about it was he demanded. I'd say he asked, but he, he seemed like he demanded to come back out and have that one drive uh, in the third quarter right at the start after he had thrown that interception. So just just continuing on with Garrett Schrader he's a football guy right you got you got quarterbacks but then you got football guys football players and that's what he was he was mad about throwing that pick comes out scores a touchdown on that next drive so I absolutely love seeing that from him got out of the game no injuries uh, and something that we had talked about a lot heading into this season and especially last week is 
him working on that game awareness, right? Recognizing, you know, maybe I don't always have to try to tuck my shoulder and go through a 250-pound linebacker every single play. Um, so I think he did a pretty good job of, of protecting himself throughout the game, and he grades out really, really well. So he got his numbers, and then he got the heck out of the field uh, with no injuries. So good week from him. Yeah, I'll, I'll add on to that a little bit. There was one play towards the beginning of the game where we were talking and it was on the near sideline and he had gotten the first down and rather than stepping out of bounds, lowered his shoulder and got an extra yard. And we talked about it as it happened uh, at the JMA Dome. And, and we were like, you know, that's what we're talking about. But then for the rest of the game, he was very good about, you know, just going down. And another guy that was very good about that was Aranda Gadsden. You know, every single time he caught the ball and got a positive yardage on the play, it seemed like he was going down, you know, and we talked about it, not wanting to injure your star players uh, against your week one opponent that you should beat and should beat, you know, handedly. So, you know, that was that was something that I really liked from um, from Schrader and from the other star players on this team, those guys that you put that little star next to on the box score. Another guy I want to talk to, heading back to that third quarter. Uh, Garrett Schrader comes back in, demands, asks, whatever, to come back in, gets that touchdown in the third quarter. And then we get to see Carlos Del Rio Wilson, and he has a three-touchdown quarter after losing an entire drive. I mean, it. he had just as impressive of a stat line as Schrader did. You know, 10 for 13, 149 yards, three touchdowns. Um, it. I think it's safe to say this, you know, we talked about the quarterback room, but these are both guys, you know, we didn't get to see um, the transfer from SC, but we, I, I love the fact that there are two guys that can get the job done. Absolutely. Uh, Carlos, you know, steps in, is able to take over the helm after Schrader's out in that second half. You got to be somewhat confident right in the backup QB. Last season, we saw him play a little bit here and there. Uh, Syracuse fans are well versed. I think the last time we had a quarterback play every single snap through a season from what I've heard was was Ryan Nassib back in like 2012. Um, shout out that guy. He was an absolute baller. But the, the backup QB at Syracuse is going to play. Uh, even that big 2018 year, you know, Tommy DeVito, there were people saying he should be playing over Eric Dungy. That was not should not have been what people were asking for. However, it happened. Um, so it's nice to, to have confidence in that backup QB spot where if anything happens, we know the way, the way Schrader likes to run the ball, you're confident in that backup guy being able to stack it, step in and take over the reins. And another thing about the passing game, eight touchdowns scored for Syracuse on Saturday, seven of them in the air, uh, four from Schrader, three from Carlos Del Rio Wilson, the sole rushing touchdown came from, you guessed it, LaQuint Allen. He led the way on the ground attack with 107 yards and a touchdown. He had a long of 35 yards. That was his biggest run of the day. Um, 16 carries for him. He split snaps with Ike Daniels, who had 63 yards of his own. Um, there wasn't much to say about the Syracuse rushing. I mean, they had 271 yards on the ground, uh, but the, the big story was in the air. Um, let's talk about the receivers. Uh, leading the way for the receivers was Umari Hatcher with four receptions for 105 yards. The most receptions was, of course, Gadsden with six. Uh, he ended with 57 yards and a touchdown. Uh, five different, or six different, excuse me, six different receivers 
ended with reservations for six on Saturday. Uh, two touchdowns being caught by Isaiah Jones. So well-balanced passing attack. And both quarterbacks, like we said, you know, did their job, did it well. Absolutely. I, you knew OG was going to step in and have a big game. It's what the dude does. He's been doing it for a season already. Um, I do like the fact that we talked about how he was he was definitely avoiding hits. I feel like there was a handful of times he caught the ball, just immediately goes into like a cradle fetal position on the ground. Um, but you know that the other team's looking to tee one up on him, right? The, the second he gets the ball, he's a big dude, big body, a lot of area to go hit. And if I was an FCS cornerback or safety, if I see him getting the ball, I'm going to try to lay him out. So he definitely made the right decision time and time again. Um, excited to see him kind of progress later on throughout the season, see if he can get some of that yards after catch action. Um, but but let's if if everything for his trajectory stays the same, Ronnie Gadsden's gonna make a lot of money playing this game. So I'm completely fine with that dude trying to protect his body as much as possible. He's got some dollar bills on the line. Um, but as long as he's getting his catches and going down, making good football plays, I'm all for it, man. He dude look great. Now let's talk about the one bit from uh, Saturday, I know that you and I have different takeaways for the bad, and, and there wasn't a whole lot of bad. But the one thing for me is ball security for Syracuse. They fumbled the ball four times, lost two of them. They're, you know, it, and, you know, against it, nothing came out of it, obviously. Colgate ended with a zero in the score column, but it's just, you know, that's something to me, you know, two of your premier guys in LaQuint Allen and Garrett Schrader, those two guys had a fumble in Saturday's game. Now, granted, those were the two fumbles that did not end in a turnover, but not something you want to see from those guys, especially with that gauntlet that we were talking about coming up in this season. Yeah, I mean, you'd see you see 65-0 on the scoreboard. It'd be easy to say, oh, there was no mistakes. There was definitely mistakes to be had throughout a 60-minute football game. Um Stuff happens. Football happens, you know, so I'm not necessarily too worried about it. I uh, hope that the coaches obviously are going to point that out, right? If you got to trust the coaching staff to do their job. You know, they're going to hit some film throughout the week. Look at those guys and say, hey, you're our superstars. You're having the ball in your hands that often. You got to do a little bit better. So happened in the first game. It's the first time they're, they're getting live snaps for this 2023 campaign. If it continues to happen, yeah, boy, we're definitely going to have some problems there. Um, but yeah, I'm not necessarily too worried with it being week one. No, absolutely not. But definitely something to keep your eye on. Uh, and now let's turn to the defense. You know, we're kind of flying through this because like we said, there's not a whole lot to talk about other than Syracuse dominated an FCS opponent. <laughs> um, on defense... You know, the, the leaders in tackles, it was split three ways be, uh, between Elijah Clark, Austin Rune, and Derek McDonald. They were all over the field. Um, another big play, they had, they had uh, three sacks as a team, nine tackles for loss. The big takeaway for me was, was not the individual statistics, but as a team. 16 drives for Colgate, and I definitely did this, you know, with without you. I, I went through the drives, but... 16 drives for Colgate. Not not talking about the two interceptions that that uh, Syracuse had. One of them was a pick six. Not the two fumble recoveries. Not the zero in the score column. But how about two turnover on downs in two of the 16 drives and seven were three and outs, resulting in punts. Wow. I didn't realize it was that intense. That's crazy. They, yeah, I mean they they locked it down. It was it it was a well 
defended game. Absolutely. That's that's the best thing. I, that's <laughs> the best way I could put it. Um, yeah, the three three five. The boys were buzzing. Right, uh, a lot of active people on the ball. I feel like there's a lot of like group tackles where you're getting three or four people on the ball carrier. Um, I, I know the pressure was really well felt as well. Even putting only three, you know, three down linemen that three three five. You gotta hope that those three get a decent push up front and are getting pressure on the quarterback. It felt like they were. Um, so it's fun. It was it was fun to be able to see that. It's fun to beat down on the little brother. Um, especially again, you know, my big longtime Syracuse fans. Those last couple of basketball losses have hurt to Colgate. They've gotten us two years in a row, um, so it did feel like Dino and the boys had uh, had a little bit extra to fight for and had to had to get Jim Beheim some of those wins back for the last couple of seasons for the basketball team. Little revenge in uh, cross sport rivalries, uh, but one of so so let's do some math now. Seven, three and outs, two fumbles, so that's nine. Two interceptions, that's eleven. Mm. Uh, and then you had, you had another thing too. I think what I came out to was two or three drives where Colgate actually converted a first down. Wow. So, I mean, really well done by the defense. Um, first time we've seen Tony White run his three, three, five in orange. So yeah, like we said, boys were buzzing defense aside, definitely looked good. And now we'll get to what you really wanted to talk about special teams. Mm. So we had seven punt returns by Demarcus Adams. He was out there uh, instead of Trevor Pena. And seven returns for 72 yards. His longest was a 39-yard return. I wish you guys were able to see the look on my face. We'll get, we'll get some video going he, he at had some a little, point. He had a little stank face um, on. Because this is the first time I've been able to hear a lot of these numbers as we've been talking about the game. Um, you can tell he, I, he understood that Pena is probably the number one returner. So every single time he touched the ball, he was going to try to make something electric happen. For the most part, he did. Uh, now, there was definitely, I think, two off memory that he should have just done a fair catch. There was a three guys standing around him as he caught the ball. So in a normal game, uh, you know, that's probably a fair catch and not putting himself in harm's way. But dude is out there just trying to make plays. So you got to throw one out to him. Um, yeah, the return team definitely looked looked special throughout that entire game. Let's talk about the kicker and the punter. Brady Denneberg, the Syracuse kicker. He only had one attempt for a field goal. He converted on it. Uh, so one for one there, and he was eight for eight on extra points. His longest field goal was 25 yards. So getting the job done uh, on the kicking axe, uh, or from the kicking perspective, excuse me. Uh, and the punter, Jack Stonehouse, comes in for w- the sole punt of the game for Syracuse. First drive. First drive, the, the very first one. 49-yard punt, pinned him inside the 20. I mean, and then his day was done. But you know, that's that is <laughs> easy money all you right could there. ask for. Absolutely. Um, you know, kicking game looked special. I, I know throughout the game, as we had a lot of kickoffs after a lot of touchdowns, which is really, really fun. The vast majority of those kickoffs were going out of bounds, right? Straight through the back of the end zone. So Colgate didn't even have the opportunity to return a lot of those. Um, special teams matters. That is that is known for sure throughout, you know, professional football at the NFL level, throughout the college level. Special teams matters, some of those close games. And it, Syracuse, for the most part, has had 
excellent kickers for for the last handful of years. You know, we've sent you know uh, Cooney was a punter that went to the NFL. Um, there's there's a handful of other guys that you know. I felt like we had sent like three punters in a row to the NFL. This is our first year not having Andre Schmidt in a while, who was the 2018 Luke Grosso winner. Um, so it was a question mark kind of heading into this this season of what that special teams unit was going to look like. And everything that we saw were pretty solid. Um, there was that one. Um, it wasn't a missed field goal, but it was. It looked like a bad snap. The holder may have dropped it. Something like that. They still almost made something magic happen, which would have been absolutely electric. Um, but again, it's it's week one. It happens, right? F- football happened. Um, but regardless, you know, throughout that sixty minutes of football, ninety eight percent of the special teams looked really really solid. Yeah, you you know, week one, like you said, mistakes happen. You have another. Uh, week against uh, Western Kentucky to figure things out, and then you put it to the test against Purdue in Week Three. So, all in all, great win for Syracuse. I do have I do have one more negative that I do yeah, think is ahead. definitely worth talking about. I'll throw, Absolutely, we'll do a little reverse. We I'm need to, to we need to lengthen time. this segment somehow. You know, <laughs> um, Syracuse fans, we are well versed in, especially Dino Babers coach teams not always having too many penalties i know just off of memory uh we had it it was i think it was fourth and 11 maybe maybe a little bit less than that um you know there was a a false formation on the defensive side of a punt we were receiving a punt and they had a bad formation got us flagged for five yards i didn't even know that was a rule uh and then we had somebody line up over the center which winds up giving colgate a first down um, so that, that those were two back-to-back penalties that happened in quick succession. Um, I know some of our offensive linemen, some of the starters, were getting called for some false starts, some holds, and stuff like that. Um, so uh, one big takeaway of even even if it's a 65 nothing smackdown on an FCS school, um, you got to have at least one negative takeaway. And, and penalties for me are definitely going to be that. Something to keep an eye out for. Dino Babers was not a happy camper on the sideline, especially when he was talking about some of those penalties. So hopefully there. Um, there's some sprints or something like that happening throughout this week to make sure the boys are ready to go because there are definitely some sloppy penalties throughout that game. There were. But like I said, week two, you fix those mistakes from week one. Week three, Purdue, that's when the true season starts for these Orange. Uh, but all in all, good win. The other game that we kind of need to talk, like just touch on a bit uh, that everyone's talking about, top 10 team lost uh, this past weekend. The Duke Blue Devils had the game of the season so far against number nine Clemson Tigers, who Syracuse will play later on this season. Duke wins 28-7 to behind Riley Leonard, uh, playing a really good game for, uh, for Duke. You know, the numbers don't really show it, but he kept moving them down the field. The rushing attack got it done with just under 200 yards on the ground. Uh, Duke had a big win. The big takeaway, why we're talking about this, is Clemson has now dropped a couple of games in the past few years that they just should not have won. ES or excuse me, they shouldn't have lost. ESPN's Paul Feinbaum said earlier yesterday that the Dabo dynasty is done, I think was his exact Bolt. terminology. Uh, or exact exact verbiage. Wow. So now, talking to you, having not looked at any of these numbers, not having looked at the box <laughs> score for Clemson, just tell me, you know, what's the what's the vibe heading into, you know, that first game and that three game stretch is Clemson for Syracuse. So now, what are you looking for um, from Clemson through the weeks that follow 
uh, as Syracuse gets ready to face them? Uh, definitely just something to keep an eye on, right? Throughout all of the ACC as a Syracuse fan, you're kind of taking taking those peaks to see how teams are doing and whatnot. This was a big shakeup, right? And especially when you're looking at those ACC standings at the end of the season, um, the ACC just adjusted their model, getting away from the two divisions, division winners playing the ACC championship to the top two teams. Um, so Clemson getting that big loss definitely opens up, you know, everybody was assuming it was going to be Clemson, FSU, and that ACC championship. Now you got to look around a little bit. You got to definitely make sure you keep your head on a swivel, see what some of the other teams are finishing as. Um, I'm not going to go so far to say the Sweeney era is over, the Sweeney dynasty. Um, but I know one big talking point regarding him is his refusal to use the transfer portal. I think I just heard that you know, Clemson's somewhere in the 60s for their transfer recruiting ranking. Uh, Dabo's come out, come out time and time again just talking about how he absolutely despises the transfer portal. I think they only brought one transfer player in this season. Um, so dude's definitely just got to adjust to what modern college football is. Um, but, you know, it, it's the Clemson Tigers. I think they're going to be all right. However, if I was a Duke fan, I would definitely be a little bit tight because I did see that Clemson is still ranked above them <laughs> in the rankings heading into this week. Um, so, you know, if you're a Blue Devil fan... Nice, you got a decent football team, um, so now you get something to look forward to in the fall, more so than just being excited for basketball season. Yeah, it's the Duke's first top 10 win since 2016, uh, so congratulations to them. Um, and yeah, definitely something to watch if you are a Syracuse fan. Um, you know, Dabo Sweeney, he's a heck of a coach. Gotta adjust a little bit towards, uh, you know... The way that the the landscape of college football is, it's it you can flip an entire season. We were just talking about this earlier for basketball, but you can flip an entire script on itself just by transfers from you know group of five schools, those standouts coming up to the P five level, or just P five guys that you just they they didn't get the minutes because they had all Americans in front of them. And then you start rounding out a roster. It it's the way that college football is, whether you like it or not. And you know, hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping that Dabo Sweeney comes around to it, um, because I remember back in high school the big Alabama Clemson rivalry. It was it it didn't you did it was no ways Alabama Georgia it was Alabama Clemson, and those were like three or four years in the national championship in a row. It was just like, it's going to be the next 30 for 30, just that era of college football. Um, yeah, just look at what Coach Prime has done at Colorado. They just set the record for for transfers coming in in a single season. They get that big win over TCU. So shout out Deion Sanders out there. Shout uh, out holding it down in Colorado. Shout out to his son as well, Shadir Sanders. He yeah, five hundred and ten passing yards. And they got the dude game. who's playing both sides of the ball, the big uh, corner wide receiver combo. Travis Hunter. Yeah, he's they, that's an absolute dog. He's going to be excellent. Yeah. But. I think that's all we've got for this episode. You know, keep an eye out on Clemson uh, if you're a Syracuse fan. Uh, be happy that Syracuse beat Colgate in the way that they did and that there weren't too many mistakes made. Um, and then just get ready for week two against Western Kentucky. Um, that's all I've got. You got anything else? Uh, yeah, so it's Western Michigan heading in, I believe, right? 
Have I been saying Western Kentucky this whole time? I'm sorry. It's Western um, Michigan. Western Mich comes into the Dome this weekend. I'm a big fan of the Hilltop. I apologize. <laughs> um, Got to be excited, right? You're just looking for more of the same. Um, this is my first time being able to go get back to a Syracuse football game in person, live in the Dome. Just an absolutely awesome atmosphere. Definitely want to see some more people fill out the seats. Um, there's an awesome tailgate that they have going on in the quad before the games and everything now. So, so get up to the hill, y'all. Um, go check out a game. The tickets are literally like $7. There's zero reason not to be showing up to the Dome at this point. Um, if you see us, go ahead and go ahead and say hi. But as you're looking into week two, right, like we said, it's it, you're just looking for more of the same. Syracuse will finally actually play an FBS opponent, uh, but they are still the heavy favorites. And I would love to see Garrett Schrader come out in the second half a second time. I would <laughs> Having a, a 35-0 lead heading into halftime was a really, really fun way to watch Syracuse football. So we're hoping for more of the same. It was it was really fun. I did like the fact that we got to see Carlos Del Rio Wilson, but yeah, let's see let's see what Garrett Trader can do in a full four quarters, um, and hopefully it's just as dominating as a win uh, as it was uh, on Saturday. So that's all we've got. This is Forty Four and More. My name is TJ O'Sullivan. That's DJ Moore. Week two coming up this Saturday. Don't go. I, I don't know. That, that was a terrible sign-off. But <laughs> you know what? We're good. Happy college football. <laughs>